0: What's going on, guys? It's your hobby, David St. Clair Speaks. You are now tuned in to the St. Clair Speak Show. You are now tuned in to the St. Clair Speak Show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the St. Clair Speak Show. I'm your host, your hobby, David St. Clair. Now guys, today's special guest is Miles J. Biggs, podcast host, marketing strategist of Relis the Journey Podcast. Now guys, this is going to be a good one. Tune in. You are now tuned in. To the St. Clair Speak Show. What's going on, guys? It's Yahabi Davis. St. Clair Speaks. You are now tuned in to the St. Clair Speak Show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the St. Clair Speak Show. I'm your host, Yahabi St. Clair. Now, guys, today's special guest is Miles J. Biggs, now podcast host, marketing strategist, but more importantly, podcast host of Relish the Journey podcast. Miles, how are we doing today, man?
1: Dude, doing much better after that intro. I love the energy. I like it. Oh, man. Yo, just like that, bro. Zero, zero to just like that. seriously. You went from <laughs> stone cold face to
0: boom. Here we are. It's it's crazy man. because I like I like starting off my episodes because I like starting off my episodes like that because um it gets me in character. I have to learn how to maintain my ten. Right, yeah. if I'm constantly on the ten, people are going to think I'm on like like on something. But it's just my personality. So for me, it's kind of like the icebreaker, right? Sure. So I just jump right into it, man. So, uh, yo, let's dive into it. I'm excited to have you on this podcast. I want to jump right into it. Let's talk about network marketing and the power of network marketing through a podcast.
1: All right. So when you say network marketing, define that for me, because some people might define that as like, you know, selling Amway supplements, like network marketing. Is that what you're
0: talking about? Well, or something man, else. I, I definitely worded that wrong, man. I'm sorry. This quarantine is getting to me. (laughs) It's all right. I I want to talk about the power of the podcast. Like, we were talking a little bit off the record before we started recording. Sure. And you're you're actually the first podcast host that I actually have on the St. Clair Speak Show. And I'm seeing a huge upside. And, you know, my eyes are opening just doing the podcast. So as I'm just talking to you off the record, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, that's the first thing I want to ask you now. Sure. Can you just share your experience of success as far as just networking, um, being a marketing strategist and, and using that to your advantage with the podcast platform?
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, man, it's been huge. I mean, I, I think back to personally, the person I was, right, before I started podcasting, and then just the growth that I've experienced as, as a human, as an individual, in the time that I've, I've been doing it, which... I started in December of 2017, so just about three years, and it's nuts. I mean, it's it's definitely not what I expected when I started podcasting. I just like, oh, I'll talk to some cool people. It'll be neat, and then you really just go through, like, this whole personal transformation. Um, someone – I think Jim Rohn is credited with this quote, but it's the quote of you're the – like, the sum of the – or the average of the five people you spend the most time with, something like that. I totally butchered with it. You can look it up. But – Think about that. If you're the average of the five people in your life you spend the most time with, who are you surrounding yourself with, right? And so when you think about podcasting, if you're recording an episode once, twice a week, the people you're surrounding yourself with are probably some pretty high caliber people. They're coming on a podcast, they're fellow podcasters, they're, they're authors, they're entrepreneurs. And by just being in their presence and listening to them tell their stories, you end up picking up so many little nuggets of wisdom that even if it's subconsciously, it, you are and you're applying it into your day-to-day life so it's been huge for me and then you just have this awesome network right for the questions this network to dive into when you have a question when you want to promote something any any number of reasons you want to ask somebody for help your cell phone is full of these names and numbers of people that have done really cool things where you can reach out just start a conversation where you wouldn't have been able to do that if you didn't have the interview
0: that's it's, it's crazy that you say that because I legit, I, I studied your, because when we, we originally met, for a lot of people that don't know, me and Miles actually connected through Shaper. Um, yeah. Shaper is this networking app that I've been utilizing for the last two years, and I've met incredible people through that. But Miles, I just want to jump in on to, to your social media. I went through your LinkedIn, your Instagram, just looking at the, your previous guests that you connected with and like how you carry yourself as a professional, as a podcaster, man, like relish the journey, man. You know, I tip my hat to you for, to, right. I commend you for doing it for about three years since December. Um, at, at what point, what sparked it for you? Like what said, mm, I'm going to do a podcast.
1: Sure. Um, so in December of 2017, I was in a weird spot in my life, right? Probably when people hear this story, it's not a time when you think, oh, yeah, let's add a podcast into that mix, but um, I had just sold my house, my first house, and I was building the house we're currently living in, and there was a gap there where the house wasn't ready, but the house, other house was sold, so I was living in this one-bedroom apartment with my wife and my dog surrounded by boxes of stuff for a couple months we decided to go without TV or internet because it was such a short lease to save some money. So my choices were read books, you know, listen to music or listen to podcasts. So I would just listen to a whole bunch of podcasts, like more than ever in a condensed period of time, walking the dog, hanging out, just listening to podcasts. And I just, after doing that for so often, I was just like, this can't be that hard. Right. You start to notice a theme of how people approach podcasts when you listen to a whole bunch of different shows. And it's like, well, if these guys can do it, there's no reason why I can't do it. Let me just see what this is about. So just a couple of Google searches later, I found a little starter set of equipment, asked for it for Christmas, because it was December, right? What do you want, Miles? Easy, here, buy me this. I'm going to try this. And then just started messing around. And I started interviewing you know, friends and family members, buddies from college, cousins, like people that would just be super nice to me if I flopped and messed up an interview as I was figuring it out. And then it just, escalated from there um, i should also add to right why it was even crazier my wife was eight months pregnant at the time our son was born at the end of december my first son so i'm in between houses i'm moving building a house having a baby you know doing all this stuff at work my day job and it's like yeah why not throw a podcast <laughs> no. um, but it was great it's for me when it comes down to why i do it now like why have i stayed with it because you'll see it gets rough. Like, you get, like, this trough of, like, holy crap, I've been doing this for six months. Maybe some people aren't listening. Maybe they are. Regardless, you're probably going to feel frustrated at some point and feel like you could be doing more, right? But what keeps me going is being a, a father, right, is I want
2: my good. Guys, my apologies. It started to pour, <laughs> and a brother had to get up, up, out of there. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, Got to save the technology, right? Got
2: to save the technology, man. Oh, my gosh.
1: So I forget where I was, right? I was, I think I was in the middle of talking about, you know, when I started the podcast and my wife was pregnant and there's that moment like, of what's going to keep you going? Which I think is a lot of people don't realize most podcasts stop after about seven episodes. I think it's the st- statistic. Cause people get all infatuated with this idea and then it's not fun anymore. Or it's not sexy anymore, or it's actually hard now. What are you going to keep going? Right. But for me, you know, my son is two and a half, and I just what really drives me is I want him to see me pursuing something. I don't want to be the dad that comes home from the day job and dissolves into the couch to watch Netflix and drink a six pack of beer. It's even now when he's two, I put him in the
2: bed,
1: and he might be crying. you can do anything not that you put your mind to but that you take action on and continue action on so from podcasting to one of the original questions right that mindset was just curated over time talking to other successful people it just rubs off on you and you see and talk to all these other people doing awesome stuff it makes you want to live up to the people you're interviewing
2: absolutely i for me another like automatically i connected with you on the like from the father perspective of you know setting you know that generational standard planting generational seeds right not sitting on the couch like sticking with something that's huge but i actually tried launching a podcast back in 2018 oh, yeah? a complete different way flopped <laughs> like i just didn't believe in it i didn't believe in it so i didn't ex- like i'm cool with no one. To, like not to, but oh this. oh i believe in it right <laughs> but what i was trying to do before, what i was trying to do before if i didn't believe in it like why would you listen Wow, right. I didn't have that I didn't have that I didn't have the belief that I could actually accomplish something so when you said like it was like actually sticking with it that's huge consistency commitment that, 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 that's tough that was tough yeah. for me so you know you, you know you talk about you know like being a dad I got my daughter in the background making you know, like little noises and stuff but like being a father, can you touch on that and like how, how that inspired you to, you know, go the extra mile?
1: Sure. Yeah. Funny enough, I actually recorded the first interview I ever did on my podcast is from my son's nursery because really? I didn't have the studio set up. So I was in the room had the crib there. I'm in a chair. The other guy's in a chair. I've got one mic set up. I don't even have two mics yet. with The game cranked up to capture both people. He's in the other room because I'm in his room crying and you can hear it all. So it's just part of the, like pun intended, right? Part of the journey. So relative journey. So how does it inspire me? Man, being a dad just makes me want to be better at everything. Just like a better human, right? So it's just one of those things where you realize your life's not your own anymore. Like everything I do, kids are such sponges, is subconsciously affecting and shaping the way this other human is going to see the world and show up in the world later on. And I think my biggest fear as a father is just like screwing that up, right? Like setting the wrong example. So I just, everything, it's, it's all in, all the way. Everything's about building up something that they can inherit, even if it's just the, even like, so this podcast, say I do it forever, right? My son could be a co-host with me one day and take it over or my company that I started, it could be his. Or it's just the mindset that I've created, that can be his. Whether or not the the company doesn't matter, the podcast at the end of the day, it can stop. But that mindset, the intention behind it, that's what I want to pass on. And so that just, Mm. that intention just fuels everything I do from the podcast to all the other stuff I got going on.
2: Do you remember, because I I talk about this a lot with myself, do you remember who you were prior to becoming a father?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I was, uh, man, I thought I knew it all before becoming a father right like uh even before the podcast thought I knew it all I was really focused on and I hate to say the wrong things because at the time they were the right things they got me to where I'm at now but I was just focused on different things I was all in on work i would be working 80 hour weeks in in early working through lunch staying late working weekends traveling all over the place and it worked for me I rose to the corporate ladder very quickly I was general manager of a $50 million company with 400 employees when I was 26 years old. Right. Mm. Like you don't get that by just doing the bare minimum. So right. I did that. But then when you have the kid, it was just like, not that I don't care about work anymore, but man, I take my lunch breaks, especially working from home now. He's here because of COVID. I take my lunch breaks. I'm hanging out with him right around five o'clock, five 15, five 30. I'm done. I'm hanging out with the kid. I'm still getting all my work done. I just realized I could be more efficient and more motivated in my time because there's something waiting for me at home, not just Netflix. And that sounds horrible if my wife listens to this. Yes, honey, you were waiting for me at home, but there is just, there's something different about your kids versus your spouse. You know, like you feel like you're building something up with your spouse and they get it when you're working late. But when it comes to your kid, they don't get it that you're working late. They just know you're not there. And so you don't want that. You don't want them to feel that even subconsciously to the point about all the positive stuff later. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say I just – I wanted different things. I pursued different things before I was a father. Now that I'm a, a father, it's just like the lens you see the world through is completely different.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> Yo, you're, you're so spot <laughs> on, man. It's so spot on. I can't. I don't even – I remember me prior to becoming a father. But I look back at, I just look back at myself like, yo, like I just like, just the self-awareness, right? The anxiety being a parent is different. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's just so many it's, you have this level of responsibility (laughs) for a human being. It's inspiring. At first, the pressure felt like a lot. And for me, it was grace under pressure. So when my daughter was born, I'll share the story. I'll make it short. I was a stay-at-home dad. I was working a full-time job at at a corporate fitness gym Uh, when my daughter was born, I asked to go down a part-time, they couldn't give it to me. So I had to go back to the streets and hustle and sell tickets just to get by to make ends meet. But while doing that and building my business from home, I've learned a lot more about myself just being a stay at home dad. But it challenged me. It pushed me. Like I've had so much, I was talking to my girl about this before this interview, like over the last year, so many, so many moments like this so much mental breakdown, like so much, right? Like my patience yeah. is getting tested. My emotions are getting tested. I've learned, and I've, and I've said this as of recently, there's things internally that I need to work on, but like, that a kid exposes you to, right? So when I started to look at that, I'm like, okay, because I didn't have a father growing up. So I had all of this in my head, but I'm like, I can't bring this here because you know what I mean? That's not, yeah. that's not her responsibility. So I did really own that within myself. I recently released my first book, Sweats to Suits. And I talk about all this stuff. I talk about, you know, going a fatherless, being a father, the whole transition. But I realized that I need my daughter more than she needs me. Emotionally.
1: Mm. Emo- like, emo- like yeah, no, that's a big realization. Yeah.
2: yeah. For, for me, like there's times where it's like, okay, boom, I'm going to use the stock market, for example. If I just lost a lot of money in the stock market, I need a hug, right? So I'm going to get my hug from my daughter.
1: Yeah, sure. Right?
2: So it's like, it's the emotion, yeah. it's, it's the, it's the emotion of it, man. I, 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 kid you, I kid you not. It exposed my mind in, in ways where I didn't think I could do a podcast stick with it, write a book, actually believe in it. Right. Going to speaking tour and doing all this stuff. I was so insecure before. But the confidence came from being a parent because being a parent makes you a leader. So, I mean, let, 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 let's touch on that as far as just, you know, you know, we talked about, you know, parenting, fatherhood, uh, you know, just the whole podcast. Can, can you share some insight on how do you find balance with success? Sure.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> real quick to add to the, what you just said about being a leader and, and security side, I think back to the benefits of podcasting too, one of the things I've realized talking to so many people, you know, I've, with Rolls the journey, <clears throat> I about, as, while we're talking, there's 150 episodes that are live. There's another 20 or so that I recorded that'll go out. I've got a second podcast for my marketing agency that I work in as a day job that has over 50 episodes. As a podcaster, I've done over 200 episodes, and talking to a whole bunch of lo- whole bunch of people, I mentioned you offline. You know, I've talked to best-selling authors, people have been on Chopped, building been on Shark Tank, entrepreneurs. Um, it, it's nuts. But no matter who I talk to, when you boil it down to like being a human, everybody feels the same emotions. Everybody's insecure. Everybody's nervous. Everybody's had their come up stories, and just makes you realize like, hey, what the hell am I nervous for? What am I insecure about? yeah everybody's the same as much as we're growing up told that we're special right at the, the core of humanity it's so similar that there's really no nothing to be afraid of the other person is just as afraid as you are whether whether or not they say it right so then nobody should be afraid and when you step into that confidence man anything's possible and then you own it and so many doors open um, so sorry that's an aside to your original question you just asked me but that just what you said made me think of that um so, all right. Now I lost my train of thought. Ask me the other question again. I'll answer. That's that. all
2: good. How do you how do you find balance, How do you find balance with your level of yeah. success?
1: Sure, sure. So balance, yes. I schedule it. Simple okay. as that, right? Like I, you have to schedule the balance. If you don't, if you don't own your schedule, your schedule is going to own you, right? So if, whatever time you don't get, you don't schedule, gets filled with something, right? There's always something to do. Somebody that wants your time things you could be doing and you could be thumbing through Instagram for a half an hour or you could be making something for half an hour right if, if it's, it's not the intention's not there the vacuum would be filled so I schedule it I, I have set times during the week certain days where I do, do certain things like so Tuesday nights for me are when I record podcasts being the father thing right my son goes to bed around 7 8 o'clock spend about an hour or so with my wife she's actually pregnant with our second child right now congrats so. Thanks. Yeah, very excited. So she's very tired, you know, how pregnancy goes. So she goes to bed, and then I come up and I go back to work. And I'll work for two, three hours and go to bed at midnight, wake up at 5 a.m., get my workout in, do all the stuff I need to do to take care of myself before the kid wakes up. Then you go to the day job and you do it all again. And you just have to schedule it out. So Tuesdays are podcasts. Monday nights, I have coaching clients. Wednesdays, I have a freelance marketing client. Thursday, I leave open for opportunities like this. We're talking on a Thursday, so here we are. I have this kind of scheduled. And then Fridays and Saturdays, I leave completely open so that I have that balance. I don't do anything on those days outside of my day job or mowing the lawn or whatever you got to do around the house, right? And then Sundays, I've got coaching clients. I've got that scheduled in the afternoon while my son's napping, so I'm not missing out on time with him. He goes to bed. I come back up and work in the middle of the day, help people with their businesses, make some money and then go back downstairs for family time and get back after it. So it's just being intentional with your time. There's so much time in the week in a day that is wasted that people just don't even realize until you sit down and map it out. I think most people would be disgusted to learn how much time they just throw away that you can never get back. So I just schedule it, I schedule the balance and then it happens.
2: And I keep, keep chugging along. 168 hours in a week, man. I, you know what I legit did this week i had to pull the plug on social media i decided i've been killing it but i felt like up here like i really needed a quick (laughs) detox for a week a quick detox and i honestly i could feel myself think so that's what really made me ask like i want to know like how the hell do you do it how do you do it how do you manage right You, you know you've been on this you know this this podcast for you know three years plus you have all these episodes i was dying to ask you how do you find balance with family success with me out? It was to the point where success came so fast. I want to say so fast because of course we work for success, but they say success doesn't happen overnight, but when it happens, it's like, wait, wait, this, wait, this is true. This is happening. Yeah.
1: It's like, what? Then yeah. It's like careful what you wish for kind of thing. Right?
2: Right. So like the big wave of success came and I'm like, Oh, right. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just pull a plug on this. This is actually the second interview of the week. And this is the most interviews I've done in a week. Usually this yeah. is like maybe like a bi-weekly thing. But like, like you said, now I have a wait list, right? I have other people I, I have to interview. But just making that time, I've learned just being on Instagram, I'm scrolling up and down. I'm not building my business. I'm putting out all this stuff about my business, but I'm paying attention to where my business is coming from. Where am I getting podcast guests, right? Right. Link. I'm, I'm meeting, connecting with people on LinkedIn here and here. So I'm, I'm paying attention to what brings in value, and where I'm kind of like wasting my time, or maybe I, of course I need more help. But in some cases, I'm wasting a lot of time just scrolling up and down. Like you said, we waste a lot of time if we don't put something in the schedule, it will get filled with something else. Yeah. So, just, just so another,
1: <clears throat> another thing I do when you're talking about social media, I think might be helpful to you and other people listening, right? Is I batch my work. So. When I said before, I have 150 live, another 20 that are recorded, right? For podcasts, all those 20 podcasts are recorded. They're scheduled to be released to syndication for the listening apps. But I also have all the graphics for social media done. And I've got all the posts on social media scheduled. So I, if I did nothing on my podcast from now through the end of August into September, the rest of the world wouldn't know. I'd look just as active as I was, but it's Mm. done. And now I'm working ahead. So if you do have a guest that cancels in a week, you're not like, oh, crap. I got no content now. What am I going to do? You build in that buffer so you can take a vacation. You can have a guest that cancels. You can take a sick day. You can whatever. But you keep that consistency in the eyes and ears of the people that listen to your show. And that helps because then you're not feeling like you're chasing week to week. You have time to sit and build the next batch of things. Uh, and that's been really helpful for me, getting out of that sort of panicked, rushing through episodes just to get something out there.
2: Right. That definitely, like, you definitely make a good point. You make a really good point. Just to even go back to your point that you made earlier about, you know, a lot of people quit podcast episodes by episode seven or eight. You know, sticking with it, I never look at, you know, plays, streams, um, like, yeah, definitely scheduling out and, um, you know, spacing things out for the future. I'm going to take that advice. I'm going to take that to heart. I'm going to legit, after this interview, I'm going to legit look at my calendar and say, okay, I need to, like, really fill this in. <clears throat> because life happens so fast, there are times where we we, we miss stuff, right? So right. my daughter's one now. She's crawling. She's walking. She's da 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 <laughs> da yeah, it's And awesome. I'm, I'm at the point, my oh, it's like, ah, you, you know, you blink and, you, and, you admit, and it feels like you missed something.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely, man.
2: I, I could tell you what, I could tell you what, man, you know, I would probably share this with you. This is not going to be like a question. I'll just like make it like more so like a conversation. But yeah, since COVID, you know, since COVID-19 <laughs> hit, you know, of course, a big change around the world. But um, I believe that there's been a big change with mindsets as well. So I have a lot more empathy i think i'm very i'm a highly sensitive person i would say um but yeah i wear my emotions on my sleeve man but i'm not afraid to you know ask for advice and help so to get you on this podcast today man yo, i admire what i admire what you do i admire your your uh consistency i admire how you know how far you know you take uh relish the journey podcast and building that while you know having other businesses, coaching clients and, you know, uh, a family, right. And you're staying up late. Can you, can you, can you share uh, a story? It could be any story of just like a moment where, you know, you were at a point where you almost quit.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I just hadn't, I just shared something on social media about this. Um, This isn't the moment where I was going to quit, but it's just funny because I actually was just thinking about this because sometimes you feel like you feel down and then you then you get the reason why you don't quit. Right. So yeah. I I use a service that I'll have to send you an info on cause you should use it to called chartable, uh, where it'll, it'll track your rankings and iTunes and things around the world and give you like notifications where your podcast is now number 30 in South Africa, which actually happened to me randomly. Cool. Like, South Africa. <laughs> Who knew I was a hit. Yeah. Um, uh, but I got a notification of a new uh, review that hit iTunes. That was just this someone singing my praises. I have no idea who they are, but they love me and love the show. And they're like, "Wow, okay, cool." If I was thinking of quitting, now I'm not. To your point about success hits you in waves, sometimes like the reasons to keep going hit you when you least expect it too, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I feel like I want to. I think about quitting. Like, I can't think of one exact story like right now, but all the time. I mean, all the time you get the you think something's going to be great and you put the podcast out and nobody listens to it. You're like, what the hell? This is ridiculous. Or here you are toiling away writing another blog post or an article and it gets one read and you're just like, this is ridiculous, you know, but you never know the snowballing effect. So then, you know, I'm doing all that and here I have no idea that I'm impacting this person's life. And they're saying all these great things about me. If I quit, maybe they wouldn't have gotten to hear the episode that mattered to them. Right. Or I'll get a direct message or, a text message from somebody that i haven't talked to in a while that gives me a compliment on the show or they like this that or the other thing and it keeps you going um so i feel like whenever you whenever you care you have the passion to keep something going you're burning so hot you're as energetic as you were at the beginning of this conversation right then you feel the you feel the highs you're really excited but you feel the lows just as much because it matters to you and when you don't see it gaining the traction it hurts. It brings you down. And then you get those, the negative voice in your head saying, why are you even doing this? You could be spending time with your daughter. Why are you talking to this dude on the internet right now? Right. Yeah. So, but it's important to your part about empathy and mindset. A big thing that's helped me stay on track, stay focused with my time and just my energy. And I do have struggles with anxiety where I've used to have panic attacks and I've did that whole mental health journey right the one of the things that helped me tame it was meditation and so meditation is the idea that you learn that you're not your thoughts like you aren't that negative thought that's not part of your identity when you can separate yourself from the negative situation and as weird as this might sound start talking to it like it's not you it's somebody else you could say you know okay negative thought I, i hear you saying you want to quit but you don't get to drive the bus right now. You got to go to the back seat, brother, because positivity's in the lead. And you just have to have that weird, it's, it's such a mental game, but it's almost like a gladiatorial battle happening between the devil and angel. And it's up to you to kick the devil out. And meditation helped me harness that sort of just awareness of when it was happening, the moment it happens, so I can kick it out and not let it fester and grow into something where I'm, you know in a battle of depression on the couch watching Netflix instead of going after what I want to do. It's a constant thing. It's a
2: constant thing. That's deep, man. That's grounding. Like, you found, you, you found what works for you.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's – I feel like you said you wear your emotions on your sleeve. I feel like a lot of us in the creative fields, and I consider podcast, video, you're putting yourself out there. You have to wear your emotions on your sleeve. So when you're, you are that empathic and you, you, you feel your emotions – you're more susceptible to those periods of feeling down because you're so in touch with those emotions. You're not cut off from them. So it is important to be aware of it and and to be grounded, figure out what works for you so that you can jog yourself out of it. Because if you have to depend on somebody else to jog yourself out of it, somebody else to get you excited about your podcast, et cetera, then it's not going to be as successful. You have to own every aspect of it, including your mindset
2: oh man that's that's deep it's it's spot on right it's it's, it's so spot on because it's like boom you have this thought. oh yeah don't post that don't post that content you don't post it you you don't know what you missed out on yeah right so it's like the old saying of you miss every shot you don't take so it's true but like you know own like owning your mindset finding that grounding you know, meditation, meditation has worked for you. What worked for me in the past, of course, was exercise, but we're human beings. We evolved so much. Oh yeah. Finding ourselves and finding what works. So of course, you know, what works, you know, what worked for me back in say 2015 does not work now. Right. So right. we're constantly evolving. Um, touch on that. Uh, as far as just, uh, just evolving, you know, with the mindset, with the lifestyle.
1: Yeah. So, um, uh funny you mentioned the, the quote you said uh, one what's ringing in my head right now is i just started listening to this book by grant cardone um so it's if you, i think it's you've called it, if you're not first you're not your last like a kind of a ricky bobby reference there but he talks about how most people are reasonable like a reasonable person would say oh yeah three people read your article you should stop that's okay and he's like you should be unreasonable you know and he just gets really aggressive in his mindset but i think that's so true yeah to be successful, you have to be unreasonable. You can't accept reason because reason is meant to keep you safe. What keeps you safe is not challenging anything. It's doing, following along the status quo. It's doing what everybody else does. That's being reasonable. But the most successful people on this planet are unreasonable. You think Elon Musk is reasonable? Freaking dude's going into space and you know Tesla's exploding, right? He's an unreasonable guy, but that's part of what makes him successful. So I think that's part of it as well when it comes to the mindset. So to your question about how have I evolved, I've recognized it and I just leaned into it. So I know mindset's a thing for me that can lead me down a dark path. And so I purposely worked it into the podcast. The podcast used to just be one episode a week, having a conversation like we're having right now. But after my first hundred episodes, I felt like I had evolved and the show had evolved because I'd been working up like, I'm going to get to a hundred. I'm going to get that number. Like it was important to me. And so once I hit it, I like just, Ended season one, which I never really thought I'd do seasons, but it just felt like I should break it. And so season two started. At season two, there's two episodes a week. And on Mondays, I do this whole segment that I call Mindset Matters for the exact reason of this conversation. And every Monday, it's a different topic about mindset. Um, and they're all things that I've thought about or things that I've had to deal with, struggle with, learn, that I'm talking about. And so being the guy that talks about mindset in his podcast, to me is an accountability thing where if I'm going to be the person telling you about how to have a good mindset, my mindset better be right. You know, I better practice what I preach and that keeps me accountable. That keeps me practicing what I preach and, and, and staying positive and in the right spot. And that's been an evolution um, for sure. And then just allowing yourself to ebb and flow and change and not get so stuck in rigidity of rigidity of a structure. I think is important as, You know the show evolves like when you first start a podcast you had this whole vision for what it's going to be and then you actually talk to somebody and it completely changes right so Mm -hmm. if you got down on yourself about how it's not what you originally set out to do and now it's something different that was three for a loop two but you just you have to evolve and grow and allow it to take on a little bit of a life of its own and just let that be okay Um, and go from there
2: it's been um yeah again it's been a real eye-opening journey um of course you know connecting i don't I, like not, not to say i didn't want to interview anyone that i know but it's like oh man like i'd rather meet new people i want to meet new people right now i want to meet miles i want to meet this sure. person that person um just to hear a new story you know just to hear get some new inspiration get some new spark Here, like that was so important to me my mother always told me as a child i love to hear myself speak yeah. I became a speaker right so sure i i i, I like in some cases my podcast when in some cases my podcast episodes are more so interviews sometimes they're conversations i really it really it really depends it really depends on how i feel but for me man i, I i'm so laid back when i had you fill out the form and questionnaire you were like "Yo, man let go with the flow and i'm like yeah, <laughs> yeah man. i was like, I'm I, was like, like I don't want to yeah
1: i mean I, I i like i like that approach that's a very <laughs> professional way to do it and it's a good idea to ask people what they want to talk about but i was like "Yeah." I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. You know, I don't, yeah. I think, I think I've learned, right. Cause I started out doing very much interviews. I would kind of have small talk and then I was like, okay, question one. Right. And I listened back to those. And I shake my head. I'm like, what the heck was I thinking? Like,
2: I'm glad
1: I evolved from that. Right. And then yeah. it's just, I found you just show up. And I found the most important word in podcasting and then in life, dealing with people, meeting people, speaking, is curiosity. You can show up and just take a genuine interest in someone, and ask questions from a point of curiosity where you're trying to learn something in the moment. Like I don't even do prep work for my people I talk to. I get their name. I have like a one liner. I kind of know what they do, so I can go a line of questioning, and then I'm learning about them as I'm talking. At the same time, my audience is hearing it for the first time and they're learning, and it's all curiosity. And I feel like that's just creates the best content. It doesn't feel scripted, boorish question one, two, three, four, you know, it's a conversation and it's almost like you're listening in on a couple of your friends chatting when you listen to the podcast then versus like tuning into a news program or something, you know, it's like reality TV.
2: I'll be honest with you, Miles, what really like, you know, I'm not one that's driven by money, but my personality, I was told is what's going to get me through the door. I tell you what really sparked me. I've seen how much money they've Joe Rogan. A hundred yeah. million? <laughs> yeah, it's
1: crazy, man.
2: Let me own my podcast and let me get to work. <laughs> yeah, because, right, man. Yeah. Like, to see, like, of course, as a child watching this guy on Fear Factor, on, on a podcast, like, I'm watching his episodes. I'm like, what? Joe Rogan?
1: Yeah,
2: it's wild, man. It's, again, it's not a shot against Joe Rogan, but I didn't know if <laughs> the opportunity, right? like uh, with Joe Budden too, with his podcast. And I'm looking at all all the successful podcast channels that's out there. I'm like, okay, I could do this.
1: Yeah, what's so crazy about that is they started their podcast years and years before you and I did, right? So that's their opportunity. By the time we are in it for 10 years, there's gonna be a new version of what just happened with Joe Rogan. But we're not gonna be in the mix unless we're here right now doing stuff, taking action, creating content, it, like you said, when when success comes in waves, one, you know, one day someone might come off and knock in with a, an offer you had no idea would come, you know, and it's it's funny the whole money thing. I guess so many people ask me how much money I make off the podcast, and I laugh every time because zero dollars. So the podcast costs me money. The actual podcast itself costs me money to make, but where I make my money is of what the podcast has allowed me to do, and I've actually it's funny when we just finishing this course right before we had this conversation, I'm trying to wrap up the last piece of it here this week and submit it for review on Udemy, but I built a whole course about how to monetize your podcast without ads because so many people are chasing 15 second spots, but unless you have hundreds of thousands of listens, you're going to make pennies and it's not where really the money's made. The money's to be made on speaking. It's on books. Like you're doing, it's on teaching other people how to do it with coaching and consulting it's even like, I, I have a gig out on Fiverr where I say, I'll interview you on my podcast for 50 bucks. I put it out there almost like a joke. Like, let's see what happens. I've done five interviews off Fiverr where people pay me 50 bucks to do what I'm already doing. But now they're paying me 50 bucks to do it, right? So oh, it's just man. experimenting and trying stuff. You know, I've got a TED Talk coming later this year when COVID is, you know, whatever, we can do it again. I wrote a book off that TED Talk that I can market I'll have the course coming out. I have one-on-one coaching clients. I have group coaching clients, all directly or indirectly off of the podcast, but of who I've become off the podcast. And that's now making me the equivalent of a third salary for my wife and I, not the podcast itself. So I think some people just look at it weird. They're looking for the quick buck, the easy out. But I was podcasting for two and a half years before I made a dollar and the dollar wasn't even on the podcast. It was on something the podcast got me in the door to do like you said about your personality getting you in the door um it's just the, so uh, anyway that was off going off joe rogan right we're not all joe rogan spotify is not going to all pay us 100 million dollars but that's not to say we can't make money with this right there's just other ways to go about doing it you got to get creative absolutely
2: absolutely you know you mentioned you, you threw out a couple ones out there you said you dimmy uh Fiverr. I, I, I can't i built so much i actually got my logo done through Fiverr. five bucks five there you go. dollars Five dollars through Fiber, and I mean I made my money back a long time ago. But Fiber has been super convenient. You got me with the online courses. I was talking to my brother-in-law about this earlier, and people, you know, there's different ways of learning now because we're we've evolved a long time ago. It's not just in books; it's in videos. It's you know courses. Can you can you touch on that as far as just you know with COVID nineteen? You know, a lot of people, unfortunately, are out of work. Um, Some people are actually transitioning into being entrepreneurs. They're interested in learning, um, you know, courses, you know, from you or just courses in general.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge believer in it. Um, I've used Coursera for a while now where you can take – when I first heard of these, they were called MOOCs, Modified Open-Ended Courses. Something like that was the original terminology when I was in college. But Basically, you can take a – yeah. You can go take a course from Harvard online at a Coursera, right? A certificate program or just a course to learn something. And you can search everything from like public speaking to computer coding to, you know, probably how to tie your shoes. And there's a course, a course for that on Coursera. So I started doing, I've done stuff there. LinkedIn learning has some really great resources um, to just YouTube. Like how do I do X, Y, Z? Like I've changed, I've fixed my washing machine off watching YouTube videos. I've, done stuff on my car off of YouTube videos, right? There's so much out there. A couple of contacts I've interviewed on um, podcasts, call it YouTube University, which I think is, is funny. But YouTube's there. Uh, online courses like through Udemy, right? That's the first one that I'm making. So I've, I've taken enough now, so matter what made me want to start a podcast. I've taken enough of the courses, right? The same thought, I'm like, I could do this, let's do this. And so I'm doing one. But then the original, right, books, Get a library card, people, right? Like you don't need to buy stuff either. I think so many people forget that there's free stuff out there. You get a library card, get a library. Libraries now have videos, audiobooks, physical books, so many resources that people don't take advantage of. Um, And then apps. I I use Scribd for audiobooks. It's nine bucks a month for as many books as I can listen to. I listen to like a book a week. Uh, And then I keep a running list of books I've read in my phone. So that when I have a coaching client and they need help on something, I say, hold on one second, I got a book for you. And I pull it up and I send them the link off of the Amazon affiliate program that I've gone out and created my link for. So if they buy the book, I make five bucks. Right? Ooh, Another way to make money.
0: Wow. <laughs> there's just
1: there's just so many ways, man. It's I didn't even think but, of that.
0: Damn. Dude, anytime you
1: send anybody a link to anything they can buy online, it should be on Amazon you should sign up for the affiliate program and make your own link and send it to them. And they might, it's, it's you're not going to get make a be, be a millionaire off of it, but why not make five bucks for recommending a book to somebody? Right? It adds up. You can buy that stock that you're talking about. Even that, do Robinhood. <clears throat> so I don't know if you trade your own stocks on an app like Robinhood, but someone signs up using your code, you get an app for free. I mean, uh, a stock for free. I got a stock, a Facebook stock for free the last time I did it. It was a couple hundred bucks. Like, come on. I mean, So many people, when it comes to learning, I think are content to just learn, but not willing to put it into action, right? So I don't want you to pick up a book. I don't want you to read another book if you're not going to do anything with it. Don't listen to this podcast. Stop listening right now if you're not going to put into action anything you're talking about because you're just wasting your time. That's that's where most people get stuck in the strategy, thinking about what they're going to do. They're focused on revving up to get going that they don't actually get doing anything. And that's the biggest problem. It's so easy to learn, but it's still hard to execute and do it consistently. And people just use it as an excuse and then never make anything out of that knowledge.
2: What good is information if you don't apply it, people? What good is information yeah. if you don't apply it?
1: You have but to apply
2: moment, it. Like I, I can tell you this now, I, I can't even sit here and act like I was like <clears> oh man, like I was naive before, but it seemed like I was but I've learned in life, sometimes the best thing to do is nothing, right? Since COVID hit, you know, I'm, I'm of course, you know, we're home, we're quarantined in, I've had all this free time. Again, prior to uh, the coronavirus, I was selling tickets just to get by. I'm actually more blessed now than prior to this coming in. Sure. So I've had, all, I've had all this time to, you know, just study finances, learn more about stocks, dividends, index funds, things I had no idea about. I've learned how to pay myself, how to write off my own taxes. I've learned so much. So I've used all of this downtime. What advice can you give someone right now that that doesn't know how to optimize their downtime?
1: So I would say everybody knows how to optimize their downtime. They're just not admitting it. It's, it's more, it's convenient to not optimize your downtime. It's excuses. Excuses are easy, right? oh, I got laid off from COVID. Boo hoo. Where's the ice cream, potato chips and Netflix? Let me binge watch this, right? Like you're not helping yourself. That's probably why you got laid off, right? Because the people that kept their jobs never would have even taken that attitude. Those are the people that got laid off on a starting companies right now. And the people that are getting offended by me saying this right now, you should be getting offended because the fact that you're offended means you're probably on your couch eating ice cream while you're listening to this, right? I think that's the biggest thing is, there's active rest and there's passive rest, right? You're you're into fitness, you get that, right? I was a swimmer all yeah. through college, so I grew up competitive swimming from eight years old to 22 years old. It was everything. Spent a lot of time with my head underwater, but you could stop at the edge of the pool and be resting, or you're out just swimming slower, and you're still working, but you're resting. So just because you're down in COVID doesn't mean you shouldn't be reading a book, listening to podcasts starting a business. Again, the action, like I'd rather people not read any book about business and just start a business and fail and mess up everything, but they're actually going to learn on the job that way and be better for it than if they read and know everything from a book and never apply it to real life. Right. I, that, yeah. You get me all fired up now, but <clears throat> yeah. I mean, so many people, I don't even like the phrase downtime. It's just, I use passive rest, active rest, not passive rest, like always nah, be feeding nah. your mind.
2: Yo, yeah, yeah, man, like, your analogy, <laughs> your swimming analogy. I, I knew I got you hot. I'm like, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that, that, yeah. But it's, it's, it's so true. You know, it, it's, just to piggyback on what you said, but, you know, this exposed a lot of people, right? It showed you your strengths, your weaknesses. I have a lot of things that I need to work on, right? One being, and I definitely got to call myself out, you reached out to me confirming today's interview but it's funny because when I made the flyer, I put the 18th because that's the date I released it. But I remember that we initially scheduled it for the 16th. Then it hit me. Then I looked at my phone. I'm like, it's July 16th. <laughs> yeah. I've been waking up. I legit like, of course, there's some days where I know what day it is. But there's days that I've been waking up in, in this quarantine. I'm like, Yo, what day is it? Right? Today's Thursday. It doesn't feel like it. It feels like a Tuesday to me. Right? Somebody right, feels Like it feels weird. So I had to learn. I'm like, okay, boom. Like I'm going to use this point. As, I'm going to use this opportunity to kind of like check myself. So I'm not throwing myself under the bus, but yes, throw myself under the bus because I'm not perfect. Right. So it's just me owning my business, owning my podcast, owning my craft. Sure. Um,
1: yeah. And I learned yeah. that one by, by not confirming. And then I show up ready to go. I rearrange my personal life. I'm up here. I could be spending time with my family, but I'm set to record and I'm sitting on the zoom for 15 minutes. And then they say, Oh, I forgot it was tonight. Sorry. And it's like, I just wasted time. And it's like, I could be mad at them, but that's not going to change it. I got to fix me. And so, yeah, I'm going to confirm and make sure. If, Cause if you're canceled, like, cool, I just got, I'm going to finish that course and I'll go to bed earlier. I'll get another extra hour of sleep. Cause after we're done, I'm going to go back and work on the course. I'm not done, you know, but it just rearranged, but that goes back to scheduling my day. Right. Like I wake up, and I have, I, it's my calendar. I know what I'm doing. I have personal items scheduled. I've got work stuff scheduled. And it's just checking in and making sure I'm where I need to be. Uh, so that's just something I learned. That's just an example.
2: I mean, it's, it's spot on, man, accountability. Because <laughs> I've learned, one thing I definitely learned right off the back is I'm not good at everything. And this is where, you know, having people as far as my, my support system, uh, you know, people to check my blind spot. Let me know if I'm tripping, right? I'm not right all the time. And in cases when I'm wrong, I'm right. If that makes sense.
1: Sure. Right. When I think when that's I'm, a good, talking about mindset, that's a good thing to pause on right there. Like, because yeah. I've learned, you can say you're not good at everything, but you should always add yet, right? Like Ooh, it, becomes such I? An, it becomes such an identity. When you say like, I'm not good at everything, it gives you permission to not be good at everything. Well, why aren't you good at everything? You just yet yeah, you haven't gotten there. That doesn't mean you won't get there. It doesn't give you a pass for not being there. It just means you have something to work on. And just saying that one word back to mindset just triggers that athlete in you where you're like, I'm gonna not let somebody else be better at time management than me. Everybody's gonna be coming to me and wanting to know about this because I'm gonna get good at it, even though I'm not good at it yet. And so it's just the self-awareness. Again, all born for me out of podcasting. I got that from someone somewhere i'm sure i'm not the per- like i didn't just come up with that but it just all seeps into you And that's what i love about just what we're doing right now it gets me excited. It,
2: definitely, it definitely does and i'm going to jump back to what you said like a little while ago when you said i rather someone like build a business and fail than read a book about business like actually take action yeah that's just that's, like that's legit spot on man i've learned I could either be, you know, I could either feel fearful or I could feel, you know, faithful as far as just anything that I'm doing, just anything that I'm doing, just doing the podcast, right. writing a book, and writing a book is, oh, yeah, that's been an eye opening experience.
1: You know, yeah. it
2: it's, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I can tell you this now, it's been incredible how things come full circle. On the cover of my book, it's me in a ring circle. And this might sound crazy to, you know, people that might listen to this like a little later on. But I've actually been seeing this ring light since I was a child, in yeah. my head. And there were times where I would close my eyes and it would just come to me, it would, it'd be, it'd be, it'd, it's so weird and I like legit, can I make this up? I, it reminds me of this movie that my daughter likes, Moana, a little Disney movie. Oh yeah,
1: my son loves that movie too. <laughs> yeah.
2: And Moana's like, oh, I thought it was a dream, right? Cause she sees right, something as right, like right. a child and she sees it, then it, then it hit me, right? the ring represents full circle. So I'm in the studio. I have the whole St. Clair Speak show studio set up. And I got the connection to have the studio through one of my former personal training clients. And you know, who she works for as far as just the media team, that's her technically her father-in-law, because that's her boyfriend's boyfriend's father. But now we're in the studio. I'm recording for free. And I'm in the studio recording the audio book. And I'm doing a special video book edition it's like a little documentary and i kid you not miles it's like the first day after recording in the studio like i was looking at the ring light and it hit me <laughs> chapter one i'm talking about my grandmother dying from uh, you know diabetes that's how originally i got into health and fitness and it hit me i came home i went right to my daughter's room i legit broke down in tears like tears because it hit me like that's when I knew it was tears of joy. Uh, sure. I became, I became who I needed when I was younger. And I kept seeing those freaking ring lights when I was a kid. And when oh, I awesome. it, 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 like, it freaking sparked me, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think about my book's not out yet, but a part of my book, so my book's called unseen work. Ooh. And I, I, uh, I've got stories from people on the podcast, right? Because someone said to me once, Hey, you, have you ever thought about the podcast as research for a book? And I was like, not that, not before, but I do now, you know? And so I started listening back to episodes, looking for a common theme. And what I found was, you know, I talked to all these people, like the person that was on Chopped is in the book. The person that was on Shark Tank was in the book. Um, You know, there's a a rabbi that backpacked across the United States, ended up in Israel to become a rabbi, lived there for nine years, now came back and teaches ethics, like just crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. Where, you look at these people that have achieved all this stuff and it's easy for us to judge them now and think it was easy. They were just kind of born that way. They haven't had any trouble, right? It's just kind of, again, the excuses that we have in our brain that make, it, make us feel good at the, about the fact that we're not where they are. But they all have these stories of what they did when no one was watching their unseen work that laid the foundation for them to get to where they are. And I have three types of it that I've identified. One is generational, one is active, and one is passive. Unseen work, but that just makes me think of generational unseen work. This idea that things happen that are outside of our control before we even realize it, right? Like we all stand on the shoulders of the generations that came before us. Uh, you look at Malcolm Gladwell's work. I think it was Outliers, where he talks about the immigrants that came over and were just had like t-shirt shops, right? Three generations removed, they're they're doctors in that family, right? All from because they grew up seeing the hard work ethic of that entrepreneurial immigrant life. And that's what was instilled in them. And that's the lens they see the world through. And then that affects what they go out and get. And so that's just, you just made me think of that, right? So at some, some level, all the interactions with your grandma and what happened with her was unseen work in your journey into health and fitness. And then the ring light and, let, you know, here you go. And um, when you can realize that stuff in your life and you have those moments, and you realize it when it's happening, it again goes to the mindset thing and like meditation and acknowledging it. And when you can realize it when it's happening and not do it after the fact, and you can, you can take advantage of that moment and make it even more impactful than it was. Mm. So again, like if people think if people stop thinking of being quarantined at home as a bad thing or they're, you know, on their second tub of ice cream or potato chips on the couch. Right. And they look at it as I'm in the middle of my unseen work. Cause there's active unseen work. When you know, you're on the path to something like if you want to, you're in the gym and you want to bench 300 pounds. That's active, unseen work leading up to the day when you actually bench 300. You had a goal, you went in, you did all the sets, all the reps, added all the weight to lead up to the fact when when everybody's watching, you bench 300. They only see you bench 300. They don't see you waking up at 4 a.m. doing 500 pushups at your house to get ready, right? Mm -hmm. So quarantine is the same thing where when we all get out of this, the world's gonna forget about it, unfortunately, much quicker than we should. But they're gonna remember... The guy with his podcast, like St. Eric Speaks, right? Who's crushing it, has all this content. where did this guy come from? I wish I could be doing that. Well, they're nine months behind because you were hustling it when no one was watching in quarantine. And you knew that and you knew you could capitalize in it. And then it makes that unseen work not so shitty. Like you don't feel like it sucks and you have the negative mindset. You approach it powerfully and then the result is much more powerful. There you go. Oh, yeah. There's my rant.
2: Oh, oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. So there you go. There's my. There's man, a like... preview. Uh, there's the preview of my TEDx talk that will be happening later this year and the book afterwards. Yo, it's but, all about that
2: stuff. Let's talk about that. You know, prior to prior to COVID, I actually was supposed to go to California to uh, TEDx, TEDx High School. The theme was deep dive. Okay. I was so freaking heartbroken because of COVID-19. Yeah. I man. was so... So, wow, this, is my, this would have been my first time speaking out of New York.
0: Oh, I it's was rough. so
2: heartbroken.
0: I was my, so heartbroken. Uh, my
1: event was supposed to be April 4th. So you think about when COVID hit. It was like the last two weeks of March when things were to hell. I'm walking around, memorizing this thing left and right, talking to myself like <laughs> a crazy person, right, getting all amped up. I went out and bought a new sport jacket I'm going to wear on stage. I'm all, nope. But here I am sitting in July. I still have no idea when the event's going to be, if it's going to be this year. I wrote a whole book I was going to release. It's been ready to publish. I wanted to release it after the YouTube video hit of the TED Talk for marketing. See the video. They like it. Push into the book. So I'm just, again, my unseen work, I'm talking about unseen work, but I'm going through my own. It's heart-wrenching, just waiting
2: to unleash it all on the world. Oh my gosh, it's so crazy because that's legit what I was trying to do. I'm like, yeah, this is perfect. The book is about to come out. I'm about to go to California and speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, nope. <laughs> coronavirus. I'm like, oh my gosh, man. Yeah, she gets I- I us all. Like, oh. You know, it's so crazy. I could actually tell you how my audition went too. Um, it was, of course it was on Zoom. What made it really interesting was it was of course it was a Zoom presentation. I'm presenting to high school kids, but You know, of course, they're they're hosting the event, but the presentation was so, it gave me so much confidence that I'm like, yo, I could really, I could really do this because of course the TED Talk is a big deal, especially with the web hosts. Millions of people, millions. And and once you're there, your name is up there with, you know, the greats before you. So I I knew there was a lot on the line. So I'm like, okay, all right, I, I got this. I got this. I gave the presentation. They freaking loved it. I was so disappointed but I'm like you know what I can't let that TED talk be the only thing that peaks I can't let that be the peak of my career I can't let that I can't let that be the big thing that happens to me right, right. that <clears throat> might be the best thing that never happened so I had to really figure out what else I could do
1: right yeah that's literally the only way you can look at it is in a productive mindset like that anything else is just going to bring you down and keep you from building on you know whatever wherever it is you're at and again that's where most people use it as an excuse to have a pity party and not do anything because the universe says i shouldn't do it no the universe is saying you shouldn't do it yet right well right. something else you should be doing right now you're just not listening to what it has to say you're listening to what you want it to say and there's yes. such a big difference
2: absolutely i think another i and this is it's funny that you say this because this is exactly what my presentation was I was going to take a deep dive, and I was going to talk about emotional learning, and I was going to talk about, you know, how we host and leave our emotions in our body, right? As a right. professional for seven years, there were moments where I, where I was depressed, and I felt anxiety, I felt resentment, I felt guilt, and I felt that in my body, because I'm keeping that in my body. So, you know, you talk about listening to your mind. Can you touch on listening to your body?
1: Sure. Well, first, book recommendation, right? Talking about book recommendations. Let's go. There's a book I'm called... Yeah, there's this book called Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Have you heard of him?
2: No, but I'm about to actually say that right now. You, yo, send so, me the link too. Right,
1: I'll send you a link, but write, write them down. It's uh, Becoming Supernatural, and then You Are the Placebo, are two of his. And it's all about, like, he talks about some crazy stuff about how, like, the, the mind-body connection and how the mind and meditation can actually heal physical ailments. And it talks a lot about that stuff, about emotions. And so if you're into that, you'll really like those books. They're kind of like mind-blowing, not kind of, they are mind-blowing. But it's really freaky. It makes you just completely look at stuff different. So, um, yeah, on the body, I mean, similarly, I, I work out every day, not because I want to. I mean, I don't think anybody really enjoys sweating their butts off, right? Um, but because I just am a better person when I do, and I have more energy, and I just feel better. One thing I did that was big for me and my anxiety and my physical health was I stopped drinking altogether. Alcohol had been like just total escapism for me when I was really stressed at work, had a high powered job, freaking out about being a dad, right? It's like, come home from work, drink a glass of wine or a couple beers while you're cooking dinner. One turns into two, turns into three. You know, if you do that every day, one day you wake up and you're 40 pounds heavier and you feel like crap all the time. And so you just keep drinking more, right? To deal with that. And it becomes this spiral. Um, I'm pretty sure if I kept going, I I probably would have become a full-blown alcoholic, but I, I thankfully stopped before I was there. So I haven't had a drink in over a year now. And I feel great. I'm always on. My mental game is there. My body's there. I feel better. I turned 30 in March, but I actually have like abs for the first time in my life, even though I was a competitive swimmer, right? And so you just feel better. And when your body feels better, your mind feels better and vice versa. And so again, I think it's the fatherhood thing was a big thing for me. Like, what do I want my son to see? This is how you deal with stress or exercise is how you deal with stress. Right. And so it was like, you have a choice to make. And that was just made me feel like, you know, enough's enough. I'm doing this. And you know, you have to just decide, but again, I think so much is an identity thing. So for me, it was I have no self-control was something i tell myself. If my wife and I opened a bottle of wine, we would finish it because I have no self-control. What do you want from me? I just have to do it, right? It's like, no, I have self-control. You just have to keep saying that to yourself. Or I don't need to drink beer. I'll drink flavored seltzer water, which is delicious. And you still get that mental feeling of holding a cold can in your hand and hearing it pop open, but it's freaking water, right? But it, what we say to ourselves is very powerful and the mind affects the body. So... Funny enough, then right, I stopped drinking. How much weight do you think I lost just by not drinking beer when my wife was pregnant? I lost 40 pounds. 40 pounds in nine months. The only thing I changed was not drinking beer. So that just goes to show you the effect like on the body. And then so that makes it easier to move around, easier to exercise, easier to get in shape. When you're in shape, you feel better about yourself. You show up with more confidence, your mindset's better, what you create's better people respect you more because you respect yourself more. I mean, the list goes on and on. So um, I don't know about if that really answers the question about carrying emotion in the body. But for me, like I, I didn't deal with emotions by almost like abusing my body. Right. That was like, it, it's the comfort of stuff in your mouth feels good at first. It helps the mind, but then the body pays the price for it. You know?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you're not going to, you can't, there's no, I don't think at Well, I can't say anyone but i'm pretty sure someone can but you can't function like that right drinking every day excessively um yeah i mean i don't i don't even drink. man i can't even last time i even drank i don't drink at all like i it for me it doesn't do anything because i i was drinking at a young age when i was 15 right sure me and my friends would hang out we play video games e and j jack daniels little henny yeah. But now, oh, man, I'm 29. I'm almost 30 miles. I, I just turned 29 two weeks ago. So I, I, I can't do that stuff no more. I,
1: for me right. – Again, the father thing, right? It's like you can be drunk when your are yeah. needs a diaper change at 2 a.m.
2: No, you can't. Right. You, you got other stuff to do. Right. Yeah. You, you can't. For me, like I've actually – I've recently got into jump roping, right? It's been maybe like nine weeks, ten weeks now. I've, never, I've been training for 12 years, a trainer for seven. I've never jumped rope prior to COVID nineteen, never, ever.
1: Okay.
2: And I felt like it's really it's it's become my thing, right? You know, you talk about you talk about restive. Um, I think you said passive work, and uh, rest, yeah, active uh, act,
1: rest. active rest and passive rest.
2: Yeah. Active rest and passive rest. So for for me, like the the, the jump rope, what that did was it kind of sparked something because I lost my love for fitness. I'm not a personal trainer anymore, so. I, I lost my love for it. I'm like, okay, I'm home. I need to do cardio. I'm stuffing my face. I'm eating all these muffins and snacks. You know, I'm home and all right. I'm in this little dad bod. I start jump roping. I start jump roping. And I'm like, yo, Miles, I'm, like, I'm in it. I'm like, yo, let's go. I got like five good consecutive jumps. Then eventually five turned into 15, then 20. Then I'm like, okay, like I'm really, and I'm noticing I'm, like, well, I'm breathing better. I lost a lot of weight in my face. I don't eat, like, meat, like, I don't say red meat anymore. My mom says I look sick, but I know I am not Every mom's going to say that to right, a right. kids. But for me, like, again, listening to your body, I had to really learn, you know, what does my body need? I'm like, okay, what don't I do? I don't do cardio at all. How can I shock my mind and shock my body? Because you talk about, you, you know, you mentioned this before about, you know, the mindset, talking yourself out. You know, you have the angel, you have the devil right here. I was at the risk of heart disease. And like, I, I, I just felt there's something about intuition. There's just sure. something about intuition. I was doing bodybuilding for a while. So, meal prepping, I was eating an excessive amount of red meat more than I should. And I was just eating chili. It was to a point where I was eating chili every day. And I could show you like a picture of me where I was like really big, but internally, my body, like my shoulder sure. was inflamed. It was a like it was like on some nutty professor. It was weird, and I just wasn't right at my aesthetics. What, like to everyone else, yo, bro, you look great, yo, bro. Right. I'm like, yo, man, I just felt terrible, man. I, I can tell you now to touch just to piggyback on what you said. This is the healthiest I have felt in a long time. In a long time, it's 9:47 at night. And I'm just sitting here. We're having a great conversation. We're chopping it up. If you would have asked me about this last year, what? Podcast? <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. The, the, yeah. the, the, that's back to what you said. You know, we, we grow through our experiences, mindset. You know, who are we doing this for? You know, we're fathers, right? So they're always watching. So setting that example, actually sticking with something. That that's one thing that you definitely said during this episode that's probably going to resonate with me. You know, just finishing what you started, setting those little goals, uh, those little goals. You know, you said, okay, season one, you cut it at season like uh, at the hundred episodes. Yeah. Season two, I didn't even I, I I I kid you not, Miles, I did not think about that prior to this episode at
1: all. Right. Sure. But you. Well, you just you got started. Giving, I mean, you don't. You don't have to. Right. It's something that you figure it out later.
2: No, but you, you've given me – this is why we talked about this before we even started off camera. This is why I love the podcast. This, yeah. like this. That, that spark of inspiration. Because if I'm the host and I'm inspired by my guests and you're listening to this and you're not inspired by my object, I don't know what to tell you. Enjoy <laughs> your trip. Enjoy.
1: Well, one thing, too, what I like about it is – and I guess this ties into the – I feel like you can't talk about the body if I talk about the mind. I guess, that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting right now in this conversation. But when you talk about, when you're jumping rope, this conversation is going to like be burrowed in the back of your head for the next week. And then you're going to be jumping rope and you're going to get an idea where you're like, Oh yeah, this, and you're not going to know exactly where it came from, but it's going to be a culmination of conversation you have with me. You had a second podcast this week, the other person you talked to where it, it just burrows in and then your mind digests it, and and then you create something it helps fuel it and then you for so that's another tip I'd give you right Brandon some unsolicited advice really get a good note-taking app on your phone or just use the native notepad or actually do pen and paper but I've learned just to write down ideas when they come to me no matter how crazy they sound and that's where I get a lot of podcast episodes from when it's just me talking I have this idea I just start typing like a one-liner I look up my phone and I'm like, what do I need to talk about? Oh yeah, that was good. That was a good idea. I had let me talk about that. I forgot about it until I read it again. And you get turn the mic on and go or it's a question or you end up writing part of a book later when you come back to it, you never really know what that stuff's going to turn into, but you do become a sum of these conversations. Um, they all add up. It's, it's awesome.
2: <clears throat> it, it's, it's, it's incredible. You know, I, yeah, oh man, you know, the podcast, Open my eyes I think failing before is what kind of really ignited this one because I didn't sure. really try I'll be honest with you I didn't really try it was just a podcast just me rambling just giving a motivational speech for 10 minutes to 15 to 20 minutes but I, 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 I didn't I don't want to say I didn't quit because when I did quit well technically like, yeah, I didn't quit but I didn't believe in myself and I think belief is extremely important man I think everyone has to believe in you know what they're doing, what you want to achieve. Can you touch on belief, Miles?
1: Yeah, I mean, if, like you said, if you don't believe in it, who else is going to, right? It's, especially in a podcast, like we're, you have a recorded video component, right? But say some people aren't watching us right now, all they're doing is hearing us. If we sound like we're having the worst time ever and that we don't believe a word we're saying, they're going to check out after five seconds. There's just too much content out there to consume that's better that they're going to listen to then. So I really think if, again, I'm just coming to think about like the mind body connection, right? like if your mind doesn't believe it, why would your body do it? Right? Like mm-hmm. you have to, you have to believe it's possible to even take that first step towards achieving it and then making it possible. If you don't believe it, you're not going to put forth the effort and then it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Again, to the excuses to tub three of ice cream and chips on the couch. Right. You know, I knew I would it wouldn't happen. Well, it, well, yeah. So of course it didn't happen. You knew it didn't happen, so it didn't. You have to believe it's gonna happen.
2: Manifestation, you know. Oh man, sure. you know. I could, I could tell you, I, you know, I can't force people to believe in what they want to believe in. Everyone's gonna believe what they want to believe in. But one thing I could tell you, manifestation, extremely exactly. powerful. It, 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 it's. I could cheer so, Oh my gosh, man. Do you have a manifestation story that you would like to share, Miles?
1: I actually do. And so I didn't really believe in it until this happened. So it was, it was 20, I think it was okay, it was 2017. The same year I started the podcast. Um, my wife and I said at the end of at the beginning of the year, like, ah, eh, you know, just for kicks, let's write down our predictions for 2017. What's gonna happen, right? And so we wrote down stuff like, oh, we're both going to get promoted at work. We're going to sell the house uh, and move into something bigger. We're going to start our family, all this stuff. Wrote it all down, forgot about it. New year comes along. We're sitting in that that one-bedroom apartment, right? And we read them, and it's like, oh, yeah, I got promoted. You got promoted. We sold our house. We're building a new one. I'm holding our baby. Like, that happened, right? <laughs> and it's like, holding our free. baby." That's freaky. Like, let's try this again. And so I've just done it where it's like, you know, goals, just writing down your goals that are going to happen. And just the mere act of writing it down makes them real. And again, to the subconscious, like, by writing it down, and stating that intention, putting that out in the universe, it starts setting stuff back your way that makes it happen. And so likewise, if all you're thinking is negative things, you track the negative. I mean, that's manifestation, at the definition, right? You are your thoughts. You you track what you're thinking, the energy you're putting out there. There's all sorts of stuff and studies out there you can dive into about the actual energy reverberations of plants and every living thing, right? Um, it's, I so that's my manifestation story. It works. And so now I've just gotten in the habit of doing it. I do it at New Year's but then I also just do it like I'll do it in smaller segments. Like this month, this is what I'm going to get done or this week. This is what I'm going to get done. Perfect example. I lead a group mastermind on Monday and I just said, I was like, guys this week I am finishing my course. I've left it go. I have all these little things. I just don't really want to do it because they're tedious, but I'm going to get it done. I'm going to launch it. And so what did I do in the back of my head all week was I told these people I was going to get this done. And then I just start doing it and you start, you know, and you call it manifestation, you call it accountability, but by telling somebody you're gonna do something, a person, the universe, it tends to happen.
2: Oh man, that's straight up. What what do they say? What you're seeking is already seeking you. Mm.
1: Okay, so another another book, uh Big Magic, it's called.
2: Big magic.
1: Uh, yeah. i uh, will forget her name. I'll just send you a link. But it's all about that. It's like the idea. It's like the the idea about ideas and how when you have an idea, it's actually a form of energy. And if you don't act on it, the idea leaves you and goes to somebody else that will take action on it. There's a couple of stories in there about like somebody started writing a book then gave it up and didn't write it. And then somebody else wrote the book. Like, it's like when you think like, Oh, I had the idea for that invention and it happened. Somebody else invented it because they actually <laughs> took action and invented it. I, right. We've I'm all so had true. that. Uh, is really cool, thought-provoking book. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert, I think, yeah, Elizabeth Gilbert, Big Magic.
2: I think that's probably the one. That's probably one of the things I probably want. When it's all said and done, if I could go, like, oh man, I don't know what the afterlife is like. I'm not gonna go that deep, but if I were to look back at my life when this is all said and done, I don't want to have not one. I don't want. I already have enough regretful years right, of not sure. acting, not believing, not, in, not anymore, not anymore, I, that, 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 that's done, because that regret, that resentment is heavy, and that could take you out of commission, oh, yeah. I've grown up around some of the most talented basketball players that, that I thought could possibly go to the NBA, but, you know, they didn't believe, the commitment wasn't there, and I've seen what resentment could do to someone that shit, like, it could kill you. And yeah. you can still be alive. You're, I mean, you're still living, but oh, you're just waiting to die at this point because you were so invested into that. But I've realized, in this case, with personal training, for example, that was the best thing that never happened, right? Like, it, it, like the way, things just, the way just things just unraveled. I'm so glad that I'm not there anymore. It's not a shot against personal training, but I, 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 out, yeah. I outgrew it.
1: Yeah, One. Because of what you just said, that's why I don't really believe in regrets, right? Like, if you didn't have that, you wouldn't be where you're at right now, right? So why regret that? It was a necessary step to get you where you're at so you can be as happy as you are and fulfilled as you are right now and doing what you're doing right now. So it's nothing to regret. Sure, it might have sucked. Maybe it's not what you want now. Looking back, it was hard, but it it happened for a reason. And so you just have to accept it and then move on. And it's when people don't accept it and don't move on, and that it becomes that regret, and then it kill Like you said, it kills you. That can have such a negative effect on your physical body too. Um, how, how does again, one again, find again mindset?
2: Yeah, that's it. I mean, he's answered yeah. the question I was just about to ask. It comes out well, of mindset because I, I was going to ask. I'm like, hey, how does one find peace in regret? Mindset. Well, I
1: think so it's, it's just all just about. It. <laughs> yeah, well, it's all about like you've got to reframe things, right? So. I did a whole podcast on the idea of setbacks versus failures. And so when people tell me they failed at something, I always second guess it because like, was it really a failure or was it just a setback? Like, Mm. so like when you, you said you failed at a first podcast, did you really fail or was it just a setback?
2: Now you got me thinking like, yo, did I really fail bro? Like, like,
1: and I, I, well, I'd argue that since you're doing another podcast, it wasn't a failure. A failure is when you just totally give up, walk away and you bury it and it's done. A setback is literally just, you hit a bump in the road, you take a step back for the setback, you regroup and you move forward. It's not the way you wanted something to happen. You didn't have a clear point A to point B, but just like a GPS recalculates when there's a problem in the road, you don't just turn around and go home when there's an accident on the highway. <laughs> right you keep going you find a different route so yeah you'd fail to go to the grocery store if there was a dead rabbit in the road and turned around and went home because there's something in your way or it's just a setback that you need to drive around to keep going towards your destination right it's similar idea and so i think a lot of that's reframing It's how do you choose to look at it and if you can say it's a setback not a failure the whole like i haven't done it yet all those little words and, and games you can play in your head they go a long way
2: you touched on a lot of stuff today, Miles. I just, yeah, you definitely, you know, this was probably I can't, man. I It seems like I keep saying that, man. Yo, this was my favorite episode yet. But it's <laughs> like, Joe, man, like, Miles, man, you really, you really touched on some things. And it, it as I don't want to say it's basic because mindset isn't basic. It, like none of this stuff is basic. It might say, seem easier said than done, but like I promise you one thing if you really spend time and and listen to what Miles said in this, in this interview and listen to how to train your mindset, you know, find like finding that grounding internally, that's powerful. That's, that's powerful. But you touched on so much stuff. It's not basic at all, but it's simple. Right. It's
1: a good way to put it. Not basic, but simple. Um, What I like about it too, like when you said reprogramming, it's actually too like the one thing, no one can ever take away from you. I mean, think about all the external factors that control your life. Did you get laid off? What's going on with coronavirus? All this kind of stuff that you can't control. You can always control you. You can always control what's between your ears and nobody can take that away from you. And when you can own that and harness that, then you can have such a crazy effect on your external environment. And it's such a huge leg up in your day to day.
2: That's so powerful, man, because for me, I'm just going to piggyback on that real quick. I was valuing, this is something I recently had to stop doing. Like, I respect you so much. I love you so much. I value you so much. But I need to kind of own this here and hold this here versus me telling you about my idea. Then it's like, oh man, I really wanted you to support it. Now I don't believe in it now because I told you.
1: Sure. Yeah.
2: Wow, man. Yo. Miles, thank you again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun.
2: Now, guys, you can catch this episode and all episodes of the St. Clair Speak Show podcast streaming on iTunes, Spotify, Google Breaker, YouTube. Zoom owes me a contract. We're still in <laughs> no, 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 No,
0: no, we're good here. But this is the St. Clair Speak Show. What's going on, guys? It's your hobby, St. Clair Speaks. You are now tuned in to the St. Clair Speak Show.